To another brand new episode of the Ninja Tune podcast. Uh, this time I'm lucky enough to be joined by Emika, who's going to be having a chat about her debut album, the process behind making it, some of her musical background, and also some of her influences. And we're going to be following the interview, as ever, with some of our favourite tracks that we've got coming up in the next month or two. But for now, thanks for downloading it and check out this interview. And welcome to another episode of the Ninja Tune podcast. It's a special day today. We knew it would come eventually, but there is a female guest for the first time since I've started hosting the Ninja Tune podcast. I'm joined by Emika for today's episode. So hello, thank you very much for coming over and having a chat to us. Thank you very much for having me. First of all, uh, absolutely fantastic album. I've been lucky enough to have a few listens to it already. Um, and yeah, thanks for ma- making the time to come and have a chat. Uh, the first question I'd like to ask, did you have uh, an idea of how the Emeka album would sound when you started out? Uh, did you even have plans to make an album when you were beginning? Well, when I was younger, I was very ambitious and decided, yeah, I want to be a record producer. And then over the years, basically playing catch up with my ambitions and kind of writing things and throwing them away and searching for something more sincere and honest instead of just imitating things that I liked or what was cool at the time. And um, I didn't, I tried to kind of map out big concepts for myself about who I could be and what I could be and what would or should be on the radio and just like quite kind of childish, wild ambitions. Um, And I guess that's kind of how I started and it's taken me a really long time to just calm down and kind of find my core my musical core and um yeah no I I, well originally I did have big concepts and ideas but I just got lost in the music along the way and it sounds how it sounds and I left all the original ideas in the road ideas away and what sort of tried to avoid the grand scheme that you plotted when you came to write an album was it something more concise and did you know how you'd ultimately want it to sound I just wrote very freely and it took me a very long time to get a collection of music together that was worth releasing you know like I kind of love and respect music so much that I kind of feel like I have one shot and it's got to be really valuable and um 
I just write really freely and then there comes a time when you're like, yeah, that's it. That's a sound and that's a vibe and that's a story and that makes me dance. And there gets to a point where the music gives you energy and vibes back and you can't really write anything else and it sounds how it sounds. And it's a lot to do with where I'm at in the world in Berlin and the kind of really poor quality bedroom equipment that I have. And it sounds how it sounds really, which is kind of, what I find quite beautiful and special in this first album. Yeah, I was just very free with what I felt like doing at the time and a lot of it came from experimentation and um, spontaneous sound design, like me playing around with synths I didn't really understand in the beginning and then as the album developed you can hear that I really am making the sounds I want to make and it's more precise everything and yeah, it's kind of captured my journey to becoming the artist that I am now. already mentioned that, um, that you made a lot of the record in Berlin and I guess when I first heard the album it felt like a record that came from Berlin and somebody that had grown up in music in Bristol as well. Has it been a big contribution do you think, uh, your location? I think it's been a massive contribution or it's had a massive um, impact in firstly who I am, how I feel comfortable what I wear, who my friends are and you know once you're in a place and doing your thing and making your routine for yourself you know you have conversations and specific discussions and you go record shopping and um, different record shops buy in different stock obviously so you just get caught up in the sea and the ebb and flow of wherever you are and I actually had quite a tough time in Bristol when I was there and I found it very difficult to... I was quite felt quite suffocated there. There was so much music that was like how I wanted to... was trying to make music and it was very difficult for me to establish a signature sound that I felt was my own, you know? And people would say, oh, that's nice, it sounds like that, or it reminds me of that from five years ago and this guy here and there, and I, it was very frustrating for me. And... Um, yeah, and then going to Berlin, you know, I tried for the first year of being, I tried so hard to make a really banging techno tune and I couldn't do that. You can't really adopt things like that. You have to make something soulful and um, both cities really influenced me. I think like the memory of the, the bass music in Bristol is what really influenced this record. I don't think it's really got a lot of similarities with um, bass music from Bristol or today in Bristol but definitely like my memories of how it is and how it felt in the club with the bass and things like that have definitely inspired how the record sounds now. So you find yourself on Ninja Tune releasing your album through them next month. 
Um, you've already mentioned the Ninja Tune artist there in the bug and the sort of music that they make. Had you always thought that that might be a natural place for you to release your music? Um, I think the thing with Ninja is, you know, I was listening to loads of music growing up and Ninja was always one place that released soulful, free-willed music, independent of trends and, um, you know, the pop machine or the underground scenes. It was always just floating around in its own little universe. And I just fell in love with everything I heard that was released on Ninja. And it was just, you know, like love and adoration that I really wanted to become part of Ninja. It just... I don't think that there's been enough time yet for me to really reflect and work out why or how it came this way, but it has. And all I remember is, you know, getting my first laptop and starting to sample and listening to Mr. Scruff and getting Ninja stickers. And I really defined who I was as a young person because of Ninja and the music and the vibes and the attitude and the independence and all that kind of cool stuff. And just stuck with it, I guess I had one one ambition and that was to be on Ninja I didn't send any demos anywhere else and it worked out so <laughs> listening to your album the piano features quite heavily in it is that the one instrument that sort of started you out in music piano is where everything begins mainly because it's it's an amazing tool it's an amazing box of sound it's got a huge range of notes and you can play it as a solo instrument and it's really satisfying you don't need to have a backing instrument or a instrument that comps for you and plays the, the harmony and um you can play everything on a piano and you can abuse it as well you can pluck the strings and you can make snare drums by from hitting it and all kinds of stuff and for me it's like the whole world of sound in one thing that you can play with two hands you don't need to learn how to breathe or even really how to sit in a chair you can play it with your toes if you want and it's like it's, it's everything and nothing all at the same time and um i think it's great like you just push it you press white or black keys and you just play you don't really need to know anything more about it and I like that. The other voice that I've grown to have a very deep connection with is um, my voice. And I started putting voice into my strange ambient music at university because it was the one way that I could very instantly define my own music from the rest of the big bunch of talent that was there all using the same equipment as me. You slap a voice in there and you can create an instant connection with your audience. I know you probably really dislike being 
described in terms of genre and I'm sure it's something that a lot of artists feel so I'll sort of give you the opportunity how would you describe your music or define it yes well I don't generally define anything that I do <laughs> for myself um, and something I would like to mention which I'm quite curious about is you know um, having this discussion about genres and genre terms and why artists always squirm and don't want to ever use these kinds of words is because I feel there's a desperate need for a new kind of vocabulary to be developed for contemporary computer-based music and um, yeah I just would like to put the thoughts out there about you know developing a new vocabulary so that the music and the artists can move forward um, in a particular way for the future of the music I guess and um, I think like, I'm quite comfortable when people say the word dubstep um, because dubstep for me was born from a certain meditation and spirituality and freedom and liberation and, um, you know, new music and future and the past and all fantastic stuff, you know, life itself. And so I'm OK with the word dubstep, you know, um, but I guess I would describe my album as a beautiful nightmare because you live it and you can't, it's really surreal, but it feels real and you, you wake up and you're still quite haunted by it. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, you have a bad dream and it haunts you and you want to work out why and how and then you think about it the next day or you tell someone about it. And I guess, yeah, that's kind of the effect that you might have after hearing my, my album in the dark. <laughs> yeah. It's very free world empowering um, songs. Um, yeah, it's pretty simple really. Songs with interesting narratives. It's not me pouring my heart out about my ex-boyfriends. It's me talking about all the stuff in between, the kind of primary colours that we have as emotions like love and hate and jealousy and you know, songwriting kind of gets stuck in these topics and I'm not really into recycling that type of vibe again and again so yeah, just new vibes in songs. answer this question really differently in six months time once the record's out there and you can look back and think but is there a moment on the album that you think most successfully encapsulates that there's a track called fm attention 
Um, FM attention is I I spent many many weeks in hospitals surviving off drips and morphine and had many strange conversations with myself about am I alive am I dead and then I was back in my flat and recovered and wasn't really sure where I was or who I was and it's kind of difficult to sum it up in a nice concise um, story right now but um, FM attention is about your soul and the energy of who you are and um, your perception of that energy and um, connecting with your physical self again. Um, some of you can hear that in the lyrics. Um, I'm kind of singing to myself in a way, or singing to my own perception to try and find where it is. And I'm, you know, hoping to get an answer back or hear that. You know, you have very various voices and conversations in your head and discussions with yourself and observations about the world around you. And that kind of stopped when I was in hospital. There was just one very small flame flickering inside me, and I wasn't really sure what I was at that point, you know. And so FM attention is about that, and I think that's the main one of the main. Um, songs on the album that that really goes into an interesting place in terms of song narratives and drama and I think the way that the instrumentation and the sounds and the mixing and the lyrics the way it all works together it creates this really delirious feeling that you don't get often in hearing pop songs pop songs are very safe and uplifting or you know um, chilled out and, and this is a very kind of chemical delirious sounding record that really does instill that feeling in you Yeah, I guess we'll talk about some of the influences. Um, but the first song that you've selected is a piece of classical music by Mahler, and it is the Adagietto, or Adagietto, from uh, part three from Symphony Number no. Five. Would you like to explain why that's uh, the first of the five that you selected? Well, this is single-handedly the most touching piece of music I've ever heard in my entire life, and it, it never grows old or I never think oh yeah I know it or I'm bored of this now and um, 
it's such a fantastic piece of music. You listen to it, and it is—it has such sympathy and tragedy, and very, very quietly it begins, and then 15 minutes later, you get to the end of it, and you literally feel like you're absolved, like you're a new person, and it's such a successful, dramatic story with words without language somehow it's incredible incredible depth um and that's where it all begins with me it begins with composers and uh, i'm very fascinated by many of the the great composers marla in particular because he was on the edges between classical music and romantic music in that time between music periods and you can hear the conflict and the traditional mixed with the futurism and very fascinated with everything that he's done and he, he is one of these guys that wasn't recognized when he was alive and struggled very much to bring new music to orchestras and people and um, he's everything that I want from art really. <laughs> The next selection is Aesop Rock with No Regrets. Uh, it's quite different to the first. Um, what, what aspect of your past does this evoke? This is when I was really, really into hip-hop and sampling. And um, I really loved listening to rap music, but wasn't into the texts that I was hearing at all in rap music. and wasn't into humour or anything like that. And it's such an amazing story with fantastic climaxes. And it gets to the end. It's a really lyrical story about a girl and it's got such a fantastic hook about no regrets at the end and you just like you just cheer along with Aesop and every time I hear it I just like cheer the song with him and um, I don't know it's got these incredible it's very simple music but just the story and the rhyming schemes and everything about it is super successful rap tune Lucy was seven and wore a head of blue barrettes city born into this world with no knowledge and no regrets had a piece of yellow chalk with which she drew up on the street the many faces of the various locals that she would meet there was Joshua H10 bully up the block who always took her milk money at the morning bus stop there was Mrs. Crabtree and her poo she always gave a wave and holler on her weekly trip down to the bingo parlor and she drew men, women, kids, sunsets, clouds and she drew Skyscrapers, food stands, cities, towns Always said hello to passers-by They asked her why she passed the time Attaching lines of concrete But she would only smile Now all the other children Living in or near her building Ran around like tyrants Soaking up the open fire hydrants They would say Hey little Lucy Wanna come jump double dust? Lucy would pause, look, grin and say I'm busy, thank you much Well, well, one year passed And believe it or not She covered every last inch Of the entire sidewalk And she stopped yeah, After all this year Just giving in today She said I'm not giving in, I'm finished And walked away Way. One, two, three That's the speed of the sea Dream a little dreamer, you could live a little dream I'd rather live it, the dream 
That was Aesop Rock with No Regrets on the Ninja Tune podcast. And I'm joined by Emika, and this is her third choice. This is Ames Cold Water Music. Um, so this song is actually where it all began for me. My best friend, um, I went round to her house and she had one deck that her brother had left behind. He went off to uni and she had a few records and um, AIM Cold Water Music was one of them. She quite casually put it on and from that moment I was addicted and I think I forced her to listen to it for about three hours. <laughs> Can you put it on again? Can you put it on again? Can you put it on again? It's a beat with ambience and it's got pianos in there, but not la di da di da classical style. And it's got so much atmosphere and, and it's like ice somehow, like being on an icy top mountain. And I really had, I like, really made my imagination come to life. And I was like, <gasps> that's what I want to do beats and piano and reverb. So, I mean, I was, think I was 14 when I heard that and I still love it 11 years later. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, here comes some of that song. This is Cold Water Music by A. music and uh, the next track is Fire Life Cypher with BBC. Why'd you pick that one? Oh god I have no idea. This is just a tune that never goes away. I just listen to it like maybe like I think once every couple of days I hear it and I dance around and these guys from Luton like near Milton Keynes where I grew up and such a like off the cuff type rappers and I don't know who makes the beats but it's all just thrown together in some haphazard way and I love the way that rap, and especially a lot of Fire Life Sci-Fi, you know, they're really on a mission to tell people the truth and be like, nah, ignore that crap and go with what you think is right. And I'm really about that kind of message in music. And every time I hear it, I feel like my um, kind of teenage spirit comes alive in a way and it makes me feel grounded and real and cool. And um, yeah, that's why it never gives up that tune. It's, yeah, 
Well, let's hear some of that now. I smoke green ganja leaves and wear green army fatigues like the ones the soldiers wear when they camouflage in trees. I stalk whack and seize like disease. I cause infection, launch lyric missiles in my enemy's direction. Check the strategy of my vocabulary cavalry, killing savagely with mortal combat moves of fatality, dangerous sanity, murderous battle thoughts, and even scare my own family. I'm capable of causing tragedy, rapidly rising increasingly. I'll be shocking heads with brain waves that cause shockwaves and rappers' deaths, but I never die because I was born to live a life that's endless. And fuck who hates me because I was also born friendless. Smash a glass jaw, take out your teeth like a dentist, and bend your body up like Kuriaki did with Ken Swift. Attack mode relentless for seven days like an apprentice. I clash rappers and make their best sound like an apprentice. So who's really the baddest man on the planet? If it's not Mike Tyson, it'd be life. God damn it. I put heads to bed, my style be crazy like legs. I pierce skin like earrings and my razor sharp tongue flex. The lyrical godfather spinning volcanic lava that would melt the Bahamas while sounding sweet like the juice of guava. Where my dogs at? Fuck the dogs, I be the harbor shark. Operating off the dock, cause I'm one bad bumba clock. That was BBC by Five Life Cypher on the Ninja Tune podcast. Your final selection, obviously there was no arm twisting involved, but it happens to be a Ninja release. Do you want to have a little bit of a chat about that one? Can't talk about this. All I can say is... Rip, 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 rip. No, like this is for me the first baseline tune ever that ha- that came into my life. It's just a sick, incredible masterpiece. It, like before dubstep, before Mr. Wazzo, before anything remotely similar. I mean, I don't know, Mr. Scruffy just makes these tunes somehow. And it, yeah, again, another unexpected kind of character coming out with this amazing music and um, very free-willed and playful and groovy and funky and deep and everything all like a big Mr. Scruff suit. Previous podcast guest, Mr. Scruff, that was on the Ninja Tune podcast. 
So um, for me, listening to your album, like, a lot of different influences seem to come through. You've already mentioned the time that you spent in Bristol and the sort of music you listened to there. Nothing musically seems to have passed you by. You seem to have picked up bits and pieces from everywhere. Is that something that you consciously do? Do you sort of make a mental note when you hear something or does it naturally come out in the process of making your music? I've got quite a spongy ears that just absorb everything. I mean, there was a while when I first discovered Portishead, it was so close to what I was hearing inside my imagination. I didn't listen to Portishead. I heard Dummy once on Hollyoaks and discovered it at Portishead and didn't listen to them at all for a year until I got a bit more secure of my musical foundations. And um, yeah, it's not something that I do. That actually, like when I'm in a club and I hear an amazing bass line or a great hi-hat pattern, the stuff I always try and remember, I never remember. But um, I do have this kind of, yeah, sponge head that just absorbs everything. And sometimes I come up with things and I, I really have to play them to a few people and just check, you know, because it feels really familiar. And I like that, but um, I do have to be careful <laughs> sometimes when combining myself. I think, yeah, this is genius. And then someone says, oh, it sounds like that record from five years ago. live show tell us about it what do you do live I, I haven't had the pleasure of seeing you yet so can you tell me what I can expect when I do get to come and see you me alone on stage vibing with my music um, I sing everything live and I mix the music together live um, sometimes in quite a dubbed out way with a lot of effects on and I've also got my small keyboard synthesizer with me, which has got all the sounds on that I made myself. And um, there's some special numbers which aren't on the album or the other EPs I've released, which I just wrote very quickly in a short space of time recently. And I've been performing them um, in my show. That's just me singing with my synth. And that's really fun. So yeah, synthesis, my voice, my beats, my machines, no laptop, and um, lots of improvisation. I don't know if I can really set you up with what to expect. It's me being a musician in that moment at that time. So good sound quality, hopefully. Lot of bass and volume.
So, um, if everything falls into place for you, where do you think you'll be 12 months from now? In 12 months from now, I would like to have really defined my um, soprano voice. I'm very excited that I've discovered I haven't really been singing in my true voice up until now. And um, I'm discovering this strange new sound that I can make, which actually comes from behind my eyes, not from my throat. And it's been a very enlightening discovery. In 12 months from now, I'd like to be on a stage with my ensemble of machines and um, yeah, singing my heart out in a new way. One last question to ask you today. Um, can you possibly think of an exclusive that you can give us? Is there something you've never mentioned in an interview before that we might be able to share with the Ninja Tune audience? I saved this for Ninja and UK. Um, I'd like to tell everybody that I have decided that I make a type of music called sub box because I work a lot with sub and vocals and together you have sub box. It's not anything to do with step or hop or hip or anything like that. It's a new um, formula and uh, that's what I make. Bound to catch on, you heard it here first. <laughs> but yeah, all that remains is for me to thank you very much for coming in and having a chat and taking the time right before your album comes out to come and have a talk to us. Thank you for listening and I look forward to meeting you all on Facebook or at my shows. Welcome back. Um, it's now time for us to play some of our favourite tunes that we've got coming up on the Ninja Tune family of labels. As we always do, this time, uh, track number one is going to be from DJ Food. This track's called Prey featuring JG Thurwell. So, uh, yeah, have a, have a little listen.
That was DJ Food on the Nature Podcast with Prey featuring JG Thurwell. Our next tune is from Starkey. It's called Open the Pod Bay Doors. Open the pod bay doors by Starkey on the Nutritune podcast. Our next tune is by Faulty DL and this is The Sale Ends.
The Sale Ends by Faulty DL on the Ninja Tune podcast. And the next track that we've selected to play you is Loka with Samstar. Samstar by Loka on the Institute Podcast. The penultimate track that we're going to play you this time, and this is a track from Fink, it's called Perfect Darkness, and this is the Lapalux version of that song. Black clouds fall out of fear Feel it 
Lapalux version of Perfect Darkness by Fink on the Ninja Tune podcast. Our final track is up now, and this is Ninja Tune legend and previous guest, Mr. Scruff. This track's called Feel It. That is the end of things for this time. So thanks very much for taking the time to download it and also for listening to it after that. I've been Dexter, your host. Um, I'd like to thank DK for uh, doing a brilliant job producing as always. And also, of course, to Emika for coming in and having a chat to us.